Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Senra, and joining me as always is my co-host, Alessandro Senator. Alessandro, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good, Kyle. Pretty good. Well, I hope you have your stripes ready because uh, well, yeah, you'll learn them tonight. Uh, okay. um, we uh, Tonight joining us is the Bengals managing editor for full press coverage, Kenny Guthrie. I don't know if you're a fan of puns or not, but you'll probably be exposed to it on this episode anyway. But uh, we appreciate you coming on, Kenny. Hey, bring on the puns, man. Everyone loves a good pun. Yeah. These are terrible. Man, don't encourage them. <laughs> you really shouldn't. So, as mentioned, uh, a member of the full press coverage family, not every episode has had uh, managing editors. We do have some vacancies, but luckily for us, the Bengals are one team that we do have uh, you know, a, a writing staff and Kenny does a great job there with the Bengals. So uh, glad to have you on and have your insights here for this episode. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm super excited about the podcast, not necessarily about my team. We'll get to that later, though. Why don't we get to it right now, then, instead of waiting? Um, yes. So we did give you some questions to answer fantasy-wise, but have there been any uh, breaking news regarding the Bengals in the last couple of days that we and our listeners should be aware of? A uh, couple days, not necessarily. There's, you know, normal camp stuff, guys staying out, coaches, all that good stuff. And there, of course, a couple weeks ago, there was the the AJ Green injury. You know, he sprained his ankle, they thought, and then they went in, found out he tore some ligaments. That's pretty much been the big story for camp and seeing who steps up in his place. So I guess that gets into our first question of when will AJ Green be ready to play this season? Is there a timetable so far? Any progress? Well, I've seen a few places say he'll miss a few games. Some say like first part of the season. They're just kind of guesstimating, I guess. I think it was either Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport said six to eight weeks is typical recovery time for this kind of injury. So that put him about week three, week four, somewhere in there. I guess so. In the meantime, who's uh, is there anyone stepping up at Bengals camp that really looks to be uh, solidifying their spot in the starting lineup at least till Green comes back? Well, that's the interesting thing. The uh, Josh Malone is listed as the uh, backup to Green on the depth chart, and apparently he's been impressing with some spectacular catches and you know things like that throughout camp, impressing the media, the coaches, fans, and you know he's kind of kind of like green big physical guy so he's the prototype kind of step in that position and outside of him there's been an undrafted free agent uh damian willis has apparently been making some big time catches and catching catching the eyes of everybody all right uh those are some good names to know about um i guess the the two names i know i expected here we we're talking about tyler boyd and john ross how are they doing at camp are they with the first teams at, at all times or is there one of them that's kind of disappointing? Uh, Tyler Boyd's doing, you know, he had his breakout year last year. He's kind of the de facto number one guy now, even if he'll be kind of playing out of the slot. He might play more outside with Green Hurt. You might see him step out there a little more often. But he's stepped up as a leader, I think, and done what is expected of a guy like him in the wake of Green getting hurt. And as for Ross, he I don't think he's gotten on the practice field. He's got an injured hamstring. Surprise, surprise. Ah, uh, that's back. <laughs> yeah, yep, never ending. 
That seems to be the story of the Bengals, always afflicted by some kind of injury. And I I hate that that's my segue to this. But speaking of injury, is Andy Dalton going to be your QB1 this year, or is Ryan Ryan Finley going to come up? Because Andy Dalton's been playing like he's been injured, but I know he's not injured. He's just been playing that way. He's been playing sluggish. Is he going to be your number one this year, or will someone else step in? Dalton's young question number one, I think. I don't think there's even a tiny bit of competition. The way I've understood it, Ryan Finley's fighting for that number two spot, and he might not even win that. He's been running with the twos, I think, the last few days, so he might he might win it, but as of right now, he's he's fighting to be the backup. I don't think anybody's pushing Dalton for playing time anytime soon. Okay. So Dalton's future is still pretty secure, uh, even if the contract may not say that. It's, uh, I'm guessing you're thinking it, if there is a replacement long-term for Dalton, he's probably not on the scene yet? Uh, no, it is not on the – I hope not. I'm not a big Ryan Finley fan, so I hope it's not on the team. Next year might be a different story depending on how the season goes, but as of right now, no, I don't see anybody pushing Dalton out of there. Well, going on to pushing people – you guys lost Tyler Croft to the uh, to the Bills, so now in your tight end position, I know I, I'm a big fan of Tyler Eifert. You know I draft him all the time. He was an amazing tight end for you guys, amazing fantasy player. But he gets hurt constantly. As far as your tight end position goes, who will be the number one? I, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler Eifert's a little bit hurt still, or he still has been cleared to play because I'm pretty sure he's on a pulp. Is C.J. Uzma going to be the number one, or is Tyler Eifert going to be there, or is that rookie you guys picked up, True Sample, is he going to be the number one? Like, what's the the download on that position? Well, the way I understand it is that Eifert should be healthy. He should be ready to go week one, but they're just kind of – they're taking their time with him, you know, easing him in. But of course, you know, the way this offseason's gone, he could, you know, tear up an ankle, an ACL, whatever, next – training camp or the practice he steps out onto the field he is listed Eifert's listed as the number two tight end behind Uzama in the depth chart they just released yesterday or the day before so as of right now Uzama's the the number one guy because they're probably unsure how Eifert's gonna gonna do when he steps onto the field now with AJ Green out uh, the offense will probably look something like Tyler Boyd John Ross on the outside maybe Boyd in the slot and Malone on the outside but is it possible that they could also go to two tight end sets and have Uzuma and Eifert both on the field? Is that something we could see from the Bengals this season? Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think Uzama's proved last year in stepping up after Croft and Eifert both got hurt that he, he can play. He's not a great tight end, but he's more than serviceable, I guess is how I'd put it. He can step in there. He's athletic. He can stretch down the seam. He can make tough catches if he needs to. Not as good as Eifert and maybe not even quite as good as Croft was, but he's pretty decent, so I don't see how they would keep him off the field, even if Eifert's healthy. I could see them putting them both out there. Speaking of going out there, Joe Mixon is one of the underrated fantasy running backs I'm going to have to say of all time, or at least my time. He's he's a really good running back talent, and it's always been him and Giovanni Bernard. From my understanding, Joe Mixon, I'm pretty sure he's listed as the RB1, 
with Giovanni Bernard RB2 is, and I know Mixon's secure in his first overall spot, is there going to be a shakeup behind him, or is Bernard going to still have it, and then rookies and other veteran running backs behind him? I don't think, you know, you, all those rumors were flying around there this last week or two that Trent Williams left tackle from Washington was up for trade and people thought the Bengals were looking into trading Giovanni Bernard for Trent Williams, which turned out to just be ridiculous. Somebody tweeted it and it got, it went crazy. People took it and ran with it and it turned out to be nonsense. And there's actually talks that they're getting ready to extend Bernard because his agent's in town. So people are just speculating about that. And I personally think after watching Zach Taylor, our new head coach, out in L.A. working with Sean McVay, watching how much they throw to their running backs, and Bernard's spectacular catching the ball, I could see him having his role expanded. Mixon's a top-end talent, don't get me wrong, but Bernard's too good to keep off the field, too. I mean, I guess with Mixon, he is a pretty capable pass catcher. It seemed like he had that in college, and uh, it has continued to the NFL to a certain extent, but maybe not to the length that we've seen. And I guess the the one expectation was, oh, eventually when Gio Bernard's off the team, that's when Mixon's going to get his full workload. Do you see Mixon getting any more touches uh, than he did last season, or is it kind of what we saw last year that uh, this new coaching staff's going to kind of keep that? Well, yeah, he could get more touches. Bernard might have an increased role, but he could be moved all around that offense. They might split him more out, or they might have them both in the backfield at the same time. Mixon is more than capable of catching the ball. He's a very good receiver. And I think the offense is going to run through Mixon. No matter how often Bernard's on the field, this offense is going to go through Joe Mixon, whether he's running the ball, catching the ball, play action off of him. It all it's going to be centered around Joe Mixon. I know in my experience in fantasy football, running back depth is super important. Uh, sometimes not even a, the backup, the third string running back on the team is sometimes even fourth string is where you have to go that deep uh, fantasy, at least not actually draft them, but at least be aware of these guys. So behind Mixon and Bernard, if those two roles are secure, who's the number three guy, the number three running back on that team? Well, that's the guy you'll probably see this Saturday when they play Kansas City. It's rookie Travion Williams out of Texas A&M. He's been getting a ton of snaps in training camp, especially, I think, today, yesterday, the last couple days with Bernard was nursing a hamstring or something, and they just gave Mixon a rest. And Williams was the one who got a large majority of the reps. They say he's catching the ball well. He's running physical. He's running hard. He's playing Apparently, he's playing very well in training camp. So he's looking to lock down that number three spot. But their other rookie running back, Rodney Anderson out of Oklahoma, just he was supposed to miss the whole season, they thought, with an ACL tear, I think. He was just cleared today for full go. He's he's ready to rock and roll, so that might throw a wrench into uh, Travion Williams taking that number three spot. So that'll be interesting to watch. Talking of rookies, there, there are some rookies – in your draft class this year that I was a little bit jealous you guys got because I follow some of them, especially uh, Ryan Finley, because I do live down here in the Carolinas. So I do have to follow mostly the Carolinas around here. And NC State was one of the teams coming up around here that living in North Carolina, you heard about. North Car- it, it was the triangle, Duke, 
UNC, Wolfpack, that's them. My favorite off of them, you know, Jermaine Pratt, your guys' linebacker. I've heard nothing but good things about him throughout college. How has he been faring for you guys as far as the defense? I know the Bengals' defense is not something people are going to draft in fantasy because you guys are lacking a little bit here and there, but I've heard good things coming that uh, he's been doing really good and your defense has been shaping up. Uh, yeah, that's what I was pers- – I love Jermaine Pratt. I was personally hoping he'd be able to knock out one of those starters at linebacker because our – the starters at linebacker shouldn't be starters at linebacker. They probably wouldn't be starting for another team. But our linebackers have been so bad that they think they're good enough to be starting, I guess. And Pratt's been... What's that? I thought you guys had Preston Brown and uh, Nick Vigil. Oh, I yeah, we do. But Preston Brown would have been a good linebacker about 15 years ago. And the, the old NFL, there's, I even saw a tweet from, I didn't like Jay Morrison or Paul Daner Jr. These guys write for the athletic about the Bengals that as long as he's moving straight forward, Preston Brown's good to go. If he has to move side to side, he looks awful because he has no lateral agility. That's another story. <laughs> um, yeah, but Pratt, I think he's listed second on the depth chart behind Jordan Evans right now, a weak side linebacker. And, I've seen that he they've actually given him the uh, the microphone. He's actually he's calling the plays for the second team defense, which is very, very encouraging. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the field. He might not crack the lineup as a starter, but uh, he could very well see the field, especially if he's displaying enough leadership and intelligence of the defense to be calling the plays. So one thing we've been kind of asking everybody is to point us in the direction of a dark horse for fantasy football purposes, someone that we don't necessarily have on the radar. Everyone knows. I mean, Joe Mixon's practically a first-round lock in, in most drafts, certainly an early second-round pick. Everyone's going to draft A.J. Green. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him going first in some drafts, but regardless, um, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, these guys are all going to be drafted. But who's someone that fantasy people are probably sleeping on that you think they should at least be aware of? Somebody they should be aware of. Well, I, I mentioned Josh Malone earlier. He's the clear. I don't know if he'll necessarily be a dark horse because he might end up starting in place of A.J. Green, but not many people are going to know who he, who he is. They might after the first couple games because I think he could be very good. I've liked him for a couple years now. The other guy is he's actually borderline to make the team right now. He was on the practice squad last year. I think he played in a couple games eventually, but it's Auden Tate. Mm. He's a physical monster he's six foot five i think he was listed 228 but there's some pictures come out say that look like he's he's cut up now he turned some of that bulk into just straight muscle and he's he's making wild catches throughout camp which he did last year too he can't separate so i don't know if he'll ever be that big time number one guy but i could easily see if he makes the team turn into a big time red zone threat because he's he turns his 50-50 catches into more of a 75-25 catch because he's come down with it way more often than not. Uh, well, actually, one thing I'm, I'm hearing when you're talking about all this that gets me thinking, especially for a receiver and at Josh Malone, is uh, in daily fantasy sports, DFS, those first couple weeks when A.J. Green's out, I'm, I'm sure maybe even week one, Josh Malone's probably not going to be too highly priced. So he may be someone that early in the early going, 
people who play DFS, I mean, pay attention to Josh Malone and keep that name sort of uh, listed among possibilities. Oh, for sure. For those first three or four weeks, however long Green's out, if he runs right now, he's he's next man up. So he could very well be playing those starting snaps and wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if he had a couple big time games. I'm the Packers managing editor, so I, I know the it's intrigue of a first year head coach. But how do you think Zach Taylor is handling the pressure of being a, a first time head coach? From everything I've seen, he seems to be handling it pretty well. You know, he was he learned from Sean McVay, the youngest. He was the youngest head coach in the NFL. I don't know if he still is with some of these new hires, but he learned from him and watched him handle that big time pressure out in Los Angeles. You know, big media market and learn from him what to do day in, day out, how to handle the media, how to handle his players, and all kinds of stuff like that. And now it comes to Cincinnati, where, you know, they're, I don't think they're expected to be very good. So there's not a ton of pressure on him after 15 years of Marvin Lewis or how many years. We're just excited to see change. So I think Zach Taylor's got a little bit of cushion here to work with for a little while. As long as it's not Marvin Lewis on the sideline, I think people are excited to see him. I think he's doing pretty well with it. He's got things really relaxed. And things like players saying they're allowed to play music in the locker room now, which apparently they weren't allowed to do under Marvin Lewis, which is ridiculous. Hmm. Like He's letting them play music out there. It's just little things like that. And you can see the excitement in these players. And he just seems like he's handling the prep well, the little pressure i think is on in this year and he's stepping up i know the news broke later i mean earlier today but since we are talking Bengals and since we are talking afc north i do have to throw this out here uh steelers cornerback joe hayden was carted off the field today with what's believed to be a minor ankle injury but he will get an mri and will be assessed early on so with them being uh divisional rivals how do you see yourselves stack up as far as wide receivers against a Steelers defense, which while their front seven may be a little bit better than the average bear, their secondary has been lacking. And with this latest CB hit or CB injury, how do you see your wide receivers stack up against that? Joe Hayden being out is very interesting for us because he's, he's given – I know A.J. Green's hurt. He Green might come back for that Pittsburgh game. Week four is when they play Pittsburgh for the first time. He may or may not be back. Full strength or not, he may he might be there. And Joe Hayden is one of those guys that's given him fits his entire career. Like, I, I don't understand. I know Joe Hayden's good, but as good as Green is, he should dominate him. But he gives him fits. And without him, I just – I don't see what they're – what they can do in the secondary – because who do they have? Mike Hilton, their nickelback, he's pretty good. But Tyler Boyd's turned into one of the best slot receivers in the league. He could very well torch Hilton if he wanted to. Maybe not huge numbers, but he could have a good game against him. And the rest of their secondary doesn't scare me. Who's who are they going to throw out there? Artie Burns, he's quickly turned into a bust. You know, he's I don't I've never been a fan of his. I didn't like him much coming out of college, and he's not very good. And who they have behind him. They have a rookie, Justin Lane, who could could be good, but I think he's more of a development kind of player. They, they signed Steven Nelson, 
He's not he's not a bad player. He's not great. He's not bad. Even if Green's out, you got to try Josh Malone. I think he could handle himself against that secondary with, without much of an issue. John Ross, healthy or not, bust label or not, the dude's fast. You got to account for him. They'll throw somebody over there, put a safety over top of him to make sure, like he's not getting deep and. Even their safeties don't impress me that much outside of run defense. They're very good run run defending safeties, but coverage, I just I don't see that secondary holding up against the Bengals. That's the one advantage we might have over that team. Mm, so now I'm hearing John Ross as a possible DFS play when it comes to week four anyway against the Steelers. Yeah, if if he's healthy, which very <laughs> big if, you know. Very, very big if, but you, you always got to be accounted for it, and not many guys are that kind of fast. Okay. Uh, so I will kind of take over Alessandro's role here. I know one of his famous quotes on this uh, podcast is, kickers' lives matter. And there are fantasy leagues that still play with kickers. So for those people, Kenny, is Randy Bullock's job secure, or is he facing competition in camp? I don't think, as far as I know, there's a competition. Randy Bullock should be the Bengals kicker in 2019, but, you know, things change. I haven't heard of anybody really pushing him for that spot. You know, he's an old veteran. He's not, again, he's another player on our roster that's not really good, but he's not really bad. He's good enough to stick around for a while and just kind of middle of the pack guy that will probably hold down that spot for a while. Thank you for saying kick the live matter. You're welcome. <laughs> I got you covered, buddy. Thank you. Well, speaking of what matters, rookies, they matter. And they will come out and surprise you. Is any rookie going to come out and surprise us? Or any anyone you prefer to like? You know, Travion Williams, Rodney Anderson... Hell, throw Ryan Finley in there. Who's the rookie that you really like on the offense to come out and swing hard? The one, oh man, the one with probably the best opportunity might be Drew Sample, depending on the health of Eifert. But I don't know what he's more of a blocker. He's not a bad pass catcher, but he's more of a blocker. One, if he gets an opportunity, the two running backs I would keep your eye on: Travion Williams. If he gets on the field, he'd be good. He can catch the ball. He's he's smaller, but he runs with a little bit of power. They say he's running with amazing leverage. That was a quote I read today, that he's he's running very well. But if Rodney Anderson can find his way onto the field, he was probably, in my opinion, the most talented running back in the 2019 draft class. Like, hey, take give me him over Josh Jacobs in terms of talent. If he can get on the field, he can put up numbers. But the problem is him getting on the field. But and there's not many rookies that are going to see much of an opportunity outside of Drew Sample will probably see the field a lot, but mostly as a blocker. I don't see Ryan Finley getting much playing time. Travion Williams might spell Gio Bernard every now and then. If Rodney Anderson's healthy, he might spell Mixon more of that power back role, you know, that old school style instead of the pass catcher he can catch the ball don't get me wrong but they probably won't use him as much that way okay kenny do you have any final comments about the Bengals? is there a player that we haven't mentioned yet i guess i should mention that um 
Cody Core, the wide receiver, might get some playing time with Green Hurt. I don't think he's very good. He's a special teams guy, but he's going to see the field, so he might get the opportunity to put up some numbers, you know, things like that, get to see some targets. I don't know if necessarily you'll want to ever pick him up for your fantasy team, but he'll be on the field as long as Green's hurt because he's listed as the backup to John Ross right now. John Ross is hurt, so therefore Cody Core might see some snaps if John Ross can't get it together and get on the field. Alessandro, any final remarks about the Bengals? Well, not so much about the Bengals, but about your division. How do you uh, how do you guys think you're going to fare overall with the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens? I don't think we'll be as bad as everyone thinks the team will be. They... They're not going to be very good. I'm not going to lie about it. But I don't think we're going to go out and get smoked by the Browns, who are, who are you're right, overrated. Everybody needs to calm down there for a few seconds until they win more than seven games, finish above 500. But I think if we can win a couple games in the division, there's a very good chance we finish last. Pittsburgh lost Levian Bell and Brown, but they're still a good team. And... Uh, I think the Ravens are still going to be good, even if Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball, which they, they're saying he can in training camp, but I, I'll believe it when I see it. But they're still better than us right now. So I could see us maybe winning a game against Pittsburgh and a game against the Ravens, and we could very well go 0 for 2 against the Browns because they are good. Overrated, but they're good. Okay. Well, uh, Kenny, we'd like to thank you. You're definitely you definitely weren't an overrated guest. You delivered uh, <clears throat> all the information we wanted. You named a ton of names that people should keep on their radars at pretty much every position. So, thank you for that, and also clarifying that Andy Dalton will still be the red rifle and his job is still secure. Uh, but Kenny, do you want to uh, plug your Twitter account or any other work that you're doing for full press coverage? Uh, yeah, you can find well full press coverage. You can find me under the the Bengals page and on Twitter you can find me at my ad is at Guthrie26 G-U-T-H-R-I-T or 26 pretty much post nothing about the Bengals and the occasional talking crap about the Browns or Steelers because well they deserve it so uh, and one thing we don't do here is talk crap it's all very serious fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> talk uh, here at the Full Press Fantasy Podcast um as we mentioned, we're, we're all of us are part of the Full Press Coverage family. You can stream this podcast on Full Press Radio Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts now. Uh, on behalf of my co-host at AM Senator, that's Alessandro, and myself at Nyama underscore KS. Name's Kyle Senra. You can follow the podcast at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod. So, uh, Kenny, thank you very much for coming. Uh, listeners, thank you all for listening once again to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast.